This is the All Into Clemson Football Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. What's up, everybody? Briley here. I'm joined by Carter, and thank you for joining us for this Pittsburgh recap episode. Uh, Today's a little different for us, actually, because Carter and I usually record in the same room most of the time. And this time, Carter, you're like really far away right now. Where are you? I got kicked out, man. Unbelievable. (laughs) You guys locked me out. I didn't want you in this house again. Stay away. Yeah. (laughs) Kicked out of the same state, too. (laughs) I wanted you as far away as possible. No, man, I miss you. It's not quite as fun when you're here in person, but uh, we're going to try to make it sound as, as good as possible, even though you're up in the chilly north right now. Oh my goodness! It is freezing here, and we had some snow flurries today. I can't, I can't wait to get back in the south. Woof! No, thank you. Uh, well, we look forward to having you back, but for the time being, we'll just make this little Zoom call work, and uh, we'll do our best. You know, let's, let's see what it. we can do. That's right. Okay, so uh, the other thing that I should probably mention is I've been lying to our listeners a lot recently, and I owe them <laughs> a sincere apology. <laughs> um, I. When was the last episode we put out was like last Wednesday before Thanksgiving and me being the idealist that I am, I thought, oh, well, we'll we'll put out another episode on Friday, right? Well, idiot me didn't realize that, well, that means that you and I would have to record on Thanksgiving and uh, that just wasn't going to happen because I was... I ate too much and I was tired and uh, it's Thanksgiving. We're not recording an, uh, you know, an episode on that day. So, Truth is, we were honestly just too busy watching the Cowboys game. <laughs> yes. Woo, so much fun. Yeah, those football games were terrible on Thanksgiving Day. Let's, let's stick to college football. My yeah, goodness. let's let's do that. <laughs> let's do that, please. So we're going to stick to college football today for sure. So thanks for joining us. And I apologize again for lying to your faces and your ears uh, the last couple of weeks. But we're, we're going to get back on track here. And we will be back this Friday, of course, for uh, the preview episode of who are they playing again? Virginia Tech. That's right. So uh, be sure to join us then. So, but you're here today. So let's talk about today. Today's episode is going to include many things. Lots of fun stuff where you say the first thing we're going to talk about are the pivotal plays and top takeaways from the Pittsburgh game. Man, that was a fun game. It was good to have Clemson back after a little unexpected layoff and uh, good to see Trevor Lawrence as well. So we're going to talk about the top plays and the, you know, the top takeaways from that game. And then the second thing is the long-awaited return of Carter's Coach's Corner. Carter, it's going to yes, be fun today, right? I am very excited for this episode. Can't wait to bring it back. That's right. And it's going to be the 100% totally, totally real, definitely not fake Davo Sweeney. Is that is that who I hear is joining us today? That is exactly right. You even nailed it on the first try. I'll tell you what, he's he's chomping at the bit. I've been hearing it from him for a couple of weeks now. He, he's ready to get back at it. He's fired up, that's for sure. Somebody turned the fan on extra hot over the past couple of weeks. So we haven't even talked about the Florida State stuff or anything like that. So uh, maybe Dabble will share some of his opinions about that. We'll see. And then finally, we will close the episode out with our Tiger Kings and Carol Baskins of the week. And that'll be fun. We will make fun of some people and we'll hand out some truly, you know, some the awards for the people who truly deserve them. Um, it'll be it'll be worthwhile. So 
All right, let's uh, let's just hop right into our pivotal plays and top takeaways. Alrighty, I've been chomping at the bit to talk about Clemson football for a while now, and I tell you what, Carter, it was just it felt right to have a Saturday game that featured Clemson, wasn't it? Sure was. After we just mentioned of having to get stuck watching some NFL games on Thanksgiving, it was nice a few days after to get get fed some real football, actually. Absolutely. And especially like it felt like we actually had the whole team back together. Um, <laughs> there have been a few weeks there where it was sort of bare bones when it came to the roster and, you know, the defense and we were missing Trevor Lawrence and this. It just felt right. Like everything felt like it had fallen back into place. You know, we had been concerned after the Notre Dame game, which that was the last game that they played, I guess. <laughs> so that long you know, ago. <laughs> I, I know it, that seems like a lifetime ago. And so it was just good to get back on the field, get a win. Of course, uh, Clemson crushed uh, Pittsburgh 52-17. to And uh, this game was really never in question, by the way. Clemson put up 31 points in the first quarter. (laughs) Uh, And the crazy part was they didn't even start, like, particularly fast in this game. Like, did you get this sense either? The first couple of drives, they didn't really put anything together. And it wasn't until they got a turnover that uh, things started clicking. But I don't know about you. I felt like it was weird. I felt like they started slow and somehow they scored 31 points in the first quarter. Yeah, that, that, I'm exactly right. That's a great way to put it, that they started. There are a few possessions here there. If they would have capitalized on all the possessions that they had, it would have been 52 nothing in the first quarter. <laughs> uh, there's always something to improve on, I guess. But yeah, this as I was thinking about it, I don't know. I watched the game again um, on Monday and I was just thinking, like, how do we describe this team in general? Um, we always make fun of the of the coaches, uh, particularly Brent Venables, for his basketball illustrations and references. He's always talking about missing the layups, or my favorite one was airballing the layups, uh, which <laughs> never happens and would be the most embarrassing thing to ever happen to any basketball player. But besides that, the best way that I can describe this team and tell tell me what you think of this is that. They go through these, they're, they're like a streaky three-point shooter. They're not like a Steph Curry. I'm trying to think of the right, you know, the right player to describe them as, but they're a good three-point, you know, a, a good three-point shooter. But they go through these stretches where they'll, they'll miss like a dozen in a row. And Danny that was Green. like the... Danny Green. Okay. Uh, I don't know. That might be... Uh, <laughs> That that might uh, offend some people. I, I'm not sure. You know, Danny Green has lost some shine over the past couple of months. But I no, I see what you're saying there. But you, you see what I'm saying? They'll hit like, you know, they score 31 points in the first the first quarter. They hit like 10 threes in a row, and then the second quarter rolls around and they put up a three here, and then the third quarter rolls around and it's just sloppy. They didn't come out strong in the second half. But then, you know, they'll turn it on again and they'll put up 28 points, you know, just like that. Snap your finger and boom, the game is out of reach already. I like. I guess that's the best way that I can describe them. I, I'm not sure how else to describe them, to tell you the truth. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Like you have, like you hear about streaky teams all the time with, with games though. But right now, Clemson's streaky quarters. <laughs> yeah. Like they had an amazing first quarter, but then honestly, if we're just honest, that the rest of the game wasn't really that great. In the first quarter, they were amazing. But then after that, they just 
skated all the way to the finish line, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they put up 21 more points after that, after that but it, here we are again, you know, crushing, we're not crushing them, but, uh, you know, nitpicking a team that just won 52 to 17 <laughs> after. Come on, this is what we do. This is why people listen to us. All right, all right. They come for the critical eye, I guess. So, Let's. Uh, why don't we talk about some good things first, and then we'll 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 close on some more uh, bad things. So, the first pivotal play that I have was the Tyler Davis tip, which led to an interception by Malcolm Green, and uh, which you know, led to the start of the blowout. Yes, you're exactly <laughs> right, and it, it really was the catalyst for that. And the reason this is a pivotal play to me, and this one stands out more than the three other interceptions was that Tyler Davis is back. That's a big deal. We uh, I, it, This has stuck out in my mind for a while because when we talked to Will Vandervoort a long time ago in the season, he was mentioning how he thought and several other Clemson people thought that Tyler Davis was really the key to this defense getting back to where it needed to be. And so, I, I mean, I think we saw that today. I know they gave up 17 points, but that was, that was just a... It was the catalyst. He was the key to this defense and along with several of the other starters. So to me, the big takeaway is this defensive line is hugely formidable. As soon as he came back, you had uh, Tyler Davis to the mix and Xavier Thomas is getting back on track. He had a strip sack. And then all day, Brian Brzee was just, he was in the mouth of the announcers all day. He was just in the quarterback's face all day. Um, and this led to five takeaways, six sacks, and a ton of pressure on the plays they didn't even get sacks. I mean, what did you think of this defense? They looked really, really good to me. And that pressure was finally there to where they were creating uh, this dysfunctional um situation for the Pittsburgh quarterback where he was throwing interceptions and he was just under pressure all day. Yeah. I, I think you said it perfectly. Um, I think you can see the, like the last few games with all the people that we've had hurt on the defensive line, how much has actually affected our secondary and then have getting them back this week against Pitt. You could see just how much it changed with getting, what was it? Four interceptions this yeah. week against Pitt. Like you can just see how dramatically it changed and how fast actually with getting pressure and tipping the ball, they were just out there. I think the biggest, you didn't even mention it, but I think the biggest one was Skalski back. Personally, that's what I think. I think he brought, he brought the energy back as well. I think Tyler Davis brought a lot of energy. But I, it was great to see the, the energy of the defensive line just kind of move kind of back towards the secondary, which allowed them to make plays. It was great to see. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. You mentioned Skowski. I mean, that that was a big over oversight by me. But yeah, he's back. Mike Jones was back. This team was finally getting healthy. And then it's kind of funny because you're you were missing people in the secondary. Uh, Zanders was out. Darion Kendrick didn't play. Uh, and so there were several guys in the secondary who really stepped up. Mario Goodrich uh, played really well. He had two interceptions. He was named to the all ACC uh, defensive team this week as well for his uh, top performance. And so, yeah, I, I think it just goes to show that once if you, honestly, the most important aspect in football is in the trenches. So when our def defensive line becomes dominant, like they were against Pitt last week, watch out. We could be missing some of our best playmakers in the back end and they could still dominate the game. Granted, it was Pittsburgh 
And uh, let's just overlook the fact that they were missing three starters on the offensive line. You didn't hear that from me. Uh, I'm sure that didn't contribute to any of this. But let's just take it for what it was. Five takeaways, six sacks. That's what you want to start seeing on a consistent basis. I think the best way to put that, at least on a defensive end, the offensive end we could struggle with. But the defensive end, you could say the boys are back in town. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. I like that. Let's, let's, let's just end on that. So uh, what's, the, what's the next play that you have in mind? Uh, let's move to the offensive end where we had a little bit uh, it wasn't, I don't want to say a breakout game for EJ Williams because, well, honestly, he hasn't really been around all season. He hasn't been much of a con- contributor, but he was a big contributor on their first scoring possession. And he had quite a few catches that were very impressive, especially one down the middle of the field where he just got absolutely hammered. Like even just watching him, I, my ribs hurt after that. <laughs> <laughs> But he looked really strong. He he only ended the game with three catches for 38 yards. But honestly, he did exactly what we needed him to do. And that's staying more than some of these other wide receivers that we've been asking for all season. And all they can do is drop the ball. <laughs> yeah, and that's been a huge struggle all season. I mean, you're right. It, it was kind of funny. We were laughing about this before. We both mentioned that EJ Williams... Uh, had a great game and uh, he, he showed up and it's funny because we we looked at a stat line and he only had three catches for 38 yards yeah, only, yeah. <laughs> only four targets and we we're both like oh really because <laughs> we thought he was a lot more involved but honestly that's a really great sign for Clemson I mean we've been hammering this all year that where the heck is Joseph Ngata and Frank Latson? Who's going to step up? What's going to happen? And they were all chilling on the sideline all three of them together <laughs> having a ball they kept showing them over and over. And honestly, at this point, they can just stay there. Okay. I'm tired of this will honestly, they, won't yeah. they thing. And on, I mean, I'll, t- I'll be the first one to eat crow here when I, I was saying that Cornell Pal, listen, if he's your second best receiver, then that's not like a championship level receiving core. I'll, I'll take it back, Cornell. I'm sorry, bro, because you've been balling out as well. And so, you know, that that EJ Williams catch was a, just the perfect it, that's the condensing highlight of these wide receivers for this game. Amari Rogers, we don't talk about him all that much because we, we take him for granted almost in a way because he's been so consistently good this season that yeah. we don't even ha- have to talk about the fact that he had what, like nine catches for uh, just under 100 yards. I mean, and we can, I re- think we can easily say that he's been the most consistent player on this Clemson team. <laughs> Doesn't Definitely. matter who's out there. He's he's staying healthy. That's obviously being consistent, unlike some other people. And he's, I don't know what his worst game is, but he's he always has catches and yards. And he, he's making the plays for us every single game. Yeah, you can't go wrong with those little tunnel screens that they throw out to him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Amari Rogers has been great, but let's definitely focus on EJ Williams and Cornell Powell. And uh, even, he didn't have a catch, but a Joe, a Joe, got several targets in this game as well. And so I I'm wondering and and you tell me if you if you think I'm right about this is that I th- I think the coaching staff has realized that look, Ngata and Latson just aren't going to be healthy. And even if they are, there's only one more regular season game to go through. It's not like they have a ton of time to get ramped back up and really integrate it into this offense. There's there's no more time for that at this point. And so they just need to work with what they have. And Cornell Powell has proven himself 
to be good this year. This is his third game in a row where he's had 100 yards. And uh, let's pa- let's sit on this for a second because I know that you love this as much as I did. His taunting and the fire that he showed <laughs> in this game was hilarious. Um, and not just hilarious, but awesome. It was just it was really really fun to see this fifth year senior go out and just <laughs> really just crap on the Pittsburgh defenders like they're nothing. And that's just something I hadn't seen from him this season. Oh yeah. The truth. It, all game he was just taunting the defenders on every single play. It was great to see honestly we were talking before we were hoping that the rest of the team would kind of take after him. But just going out there and taunting like who cares anymore? Like just go out there and crush everyone. And I think it all showed in that one play where his one-handed seven-yard catch and he got up and he gave the defender, like right in his face, gave him like, you're too small. Like right in his face. <laughs> like that was absolutely perfect. We need to see more of that. That's That was such a funny taunt too. I don't think I've ever seen that before from someone just like, he literally pointed at him and then, you know, kind of oh, put his hand two feet above the ground. This Clemson team loves their basketball type. Like you see that in basketball all the time. He just puts the hand down though, like too small. <laughs> I guess I need to watch more basketball. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw several people doing the Russell Westbrook uh, rocking the baby to sleep on Saturday too. No one from Clemson, I don't think. But yeah, I, I love the for it. The season isn't over yet. That's right. Well, yeah, maybe this is the maybe this is the start of some real taunting. Maybe be, maybe this Clemson team is going to become the bad boys of the ACC. I'd love I would love to see that. You know, you have the Dabo, the ultimate nice guy, seemingly nice guy of college football, and then his team becomes just these baller. I don't even know how to describe them. Just taunters. I'd Are love we that. Kind of trying to become like maybe a little bit different. In- Obviously, but uh, the Tim Tebow Gators, where you have the Tim Tebow in the team, but the, the rest of the team is just absolute garbage. <laughs> well, let's hope there are no murderers on this team. Moving on. <laughs> uh, well, actually, one more point on this, and this is something that uh, kind of got people fired up a little bit when I said this um, uh, several episodes ago now. But when I, I mentioned that this team needs to just forego the run okay let's just abandon the run and let's get if we're going to give the ball to etn let's make it on passing plays and it seems like maybe the clemson team has taken it to heart not because they heard it from me obviously but because they've realized that they can't run the ball and um they threw the ball 52 times in this game that's a lot and trevor lawrence had a big game uh passing the ball and so really that takes us into our next our next point though, of how, you know, the offensive line has had its struggles and I wouldn't say that they had a terrible game this game, but it certainly wasn't a game where you saw them dominating. And they I still weren't really tested either. I would say they didn't really, we didn't really need them actually as a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we didn't need them. You could say, but at the same time, the offensive line did give up three sacks and they only ran for 145 yards. So it's not now granted uh, the <laughs> Pittsburgh defense is actually pretty good, which is maybe a funny thing to say, but they're ranked pretty highly uh, in the defensive rankings. But um, I think the best illustration of this was on the first play of the second half where Trevor Lawrence went back to throw kind of a weird pump fake. And then he got hit from behind and fumbled the ball. Um, on a sack. And like I said, the offensive line gave up three sacks. They actually gave up a decent amount of pressure, I'd say. 
which is sort of abnormal for this group. We've been saying that they're good in pass protection, but not so good when it comes to run blocking. And that I wouldn't say that flip-flopped because I don't think they were great in the run either this game. Yeah. Uh, but it was certainly, it. I, I don't know, it's strange because I don't think they took a step back because I do think they were a little better in the running game um, in comparison to the Notre Dame game. But they still they still had this short and stumpy feel as Pete Sampson told us <laughs> uh, yeah. from before. So, you know, that that was just another thing that, you know, I just didn't see the improvement that I wanted to see. Yeah, there wasn't much to it. And like I said, like by the time the first quarter was over, the game was over, which was a little disappointing how like it's 31, what was it 31 to three at the end of the first quarter. And at that point, we should just be running the ball 24-7. And guess what? We still end up throwing the ball 52 times in the game. It <laughs> yeah. just shows how poor and how much like lack of trust, actually, I think in the coaching that there is in this offensive line where if you run the ball, uh, throw the ball 52 times and you're you're up 31 to three at the end of the first quarter like there's something wrong with that <laughs> well yeah and maybe there i mean there's i don't think there's anything wrong at this point because i've advocated for it <laughs> uh loudly that listen i think that just needs to become the normal at this point where i mean trevor lawrence is the best player in the country let's just let him throw the ball forever mm-hmm. okay let's just let that happen and we want to get ET in the ball and we're it's it's not like they're not going to run the ball but let's let's throw the ball to set up the running game instead of vice versa and uh I think maybe this game showed a little bit of that and I think you saw some of the frustration from Dabo in this game cuz he kind of got in the face of some of the offensive linemen they had s- several penalties and uh they just weren't great all the time and he dug into a few of them for sure now one positive i do want to mention and and i want to mention this because we we honestly haven't said his name much at all this season but lynn j dixon had a pretty good game and yeah. that's been an anomaly <laughs> so far this season yeah, it was good uh, to see out there i know it was sort of it, it was strange because <laughs> you know it we hadn't seen him much at all um this season and he like we said he had a pretty good game and i'm pulling up his stats right now so slow so slow okay he had nine carries for 46 yards travis Etienne had 11 carries for 58 yards um he had a couple of nice runs and so that was great to see um you know if we're gonna that adds another dimension at least so if we can get him in the game as well then that will take some pressure off of Etienne. Uh, but that was uh, that was fun what, to see. If I'm gonna be honest, when he came into the game, I sat there for a second, like, who is this guy? Like, I looked at his number. I'm like, who is this guy? Who, who did we pick up? Off of? Oh, oh, and JJ Jackson. Oh, he's back. Okay, <laughs> new number. Who that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's even a new number. I just completely forgot about him because he hasn't done anything all season. But yeah, it was great to see him out there. Like you said, it's another weapon for us. And I think you've made it, made the great point of. Forget about trying to make things happen. Just do what we're good at. Throw the ball, and we're going to run the ball a few times with ETN. Pass him the ball. He, he can make some moves, make some big plays. But honestly, just throw the ball. That's where our best weapons are. They're breaking out now with Powell and Rodgers. Just give them the ball. Let them, let them see what they can do. Just throw the dang ball. That's all we have to say. And they did it 52 times. That's a lot. 
So, all right. Well, those were the uh, big plays and our top takeaways from this past Saturday. Let's uh, be, we're going to go ahead and move over to Carter's Coach's Corner. But right before we do, we're going to take a quick 30 second break to hear from our sponsor, Anchor Podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, to one of our favorite segments of this show. It has quickly become one of the top segments on this podcast. I'd like to take a little bit of credit for that because my name is in the title of it, Carter's Coach's Corner. All right, so if you're new to the show, I'll explain it to you right now. All we do with this is we take questions that reporters have asked coaches throughout the week or after the game, and we tell the coach what he said in that response you know, the usual coach's answers, the bull crap of, we just need to do better. We can play harder, all that stuff. And we asked the coach just to be honest with us and tell us what he was really thinking. And just to spit the truth out and without who cares about feelings, emotions, all of that. Don't need to respect anybody. Just tell us what you're really thinking. And that's what we do on this segment. And that's what we like to do. So this week we've got Dabo Sweeney again. Dabo and I, we've been texting back and forth. He's excited. He's been chopping back. He's been chopping at the bed to get back here it's been a few weeks since we've had him and i think trevor's signaling me we've got uh, coach sweeney on the line Dabo, are you there hey carter it's good to be back my friend how's it going Dabo, I, i'm doing great it was a great holiday and uh it was good to watch you guys crush pit it's always good after a clemson win how are you feeling Oh, not too bad, not too bad. You know, I put on a few pounds over Thanksgiving, and, uh, you know, I told my players to not eat like pigs, and I wouldn't have to eat like pigs anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't tell them I said that, though. But, hey, listen, as I was on hold, I can't believe you put me on hold to begin with, but, uh, listen, when I was on hold, I was talking to your producer, Trevor, and uh, I told Trevor I want to do something a little different today, and uh, I really enjoy the Carter's Coach's Corner segment, but I've got a new segment for you. Trevor, hit that music. Oh, baby, welcome to Dabo's Love Shack. That's oh, wow. Right. Because Dabo, you just like taking over things and taking control. Well, I'll step out of the way and I'll just let you, uh, I'll just let you take over. This is your show now. that they get their twos right. You know what I mean? And so 
I think next week Darion Kendrick will be back. He'll understand that he loves the Love Shack because he's been there most of the season. <laughs> and uh, so maybe I'm doing something wrong there. But anyway, well, I'm sure well, he'll Coach, be back. Let, me, let me interrupt you for a second and ask, how does one get into the Love Shack? Do you just have to have, uh, is that what you said, a tood? Is, is there some specific requirements that someone has to meet to get into this Love Shack? First of all, you sound like an idiot when you say <laughs> So uh, maybe you should do that. I anymore. felt like one when I said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there are two different ways to get into the Love Shack. First of all, Mrs. Sweeney is always, always in the Love Shack. Okay? So that's the first way, and there's only one person allowed in that section. That's Miss Sweeney. Uh, the second way you get into the Love Shack is by sucking and having a bad <laughs> attitude or just being bad at your job. And uh, that's just the way we do things here at Clemson. It's it's really how I get recruits to come to the program, you know. Nick Saban is a, a real hard ass when it comes to these things, and he really bites on his players and yells at his coaches on the sideline. You know, I do a lot. I do some of that on the sideline, and uh, only for I only reserve that for players that I really hate, you know, and like BT Potter, and uh, <laughs> you know how I feel about him, but. <laughs> Um, you know, for the most part, it's just my way of saying, listen, listen, we love you guys, okay? So why don't you come to our program, and instead of us putting you in team discipline, I'll just put you in the love shack, and uh, that'll get your heart right. You know what I mean? Well, Coach, I tell you what, that the love shack just sounds way better than the doghouse. So how, how many people you got stacked up here in this love shack of yours? Uh, you know, it, it just depends on the week, you know? And, uh, you know, after we lost to Notre Dame, then there were a few extra guys in there, but we cleared it out. And this week, we, you know, we had Darion in it. Of course, he's going to leave. He's already out. And, uh, we, you know, we kind of do a move-in, move-out day on Monday. And uh, so, you know, he, he's, he's out now, but we've replaced him with the ever-present, always, almost always in the love shack, B.T. Potter. And listen here. Oh, man. I don't even know what to say. I mean, wait. Your producer, Trevor, has that sound, right? Yeah, Trevor, why don't you play that sound for us? <laughs> yep. Yeah, he was in the he was in the love shack for several days after that. And Man, I tell you what, he's the worst. You know how I feel about kickers. That's why, you know, I told you I don't yell at players on the sideline because I'm a nice guy, but he deserved it. He's just the worst. And really, I should pay him. Because he's like the bouncer of the love shack. He just he just knows what's going on there, you know? Yeah, I think he just likes it too much. Either that or he's just terrible. I can't figure it out. <laughs> so usually all the all the spots in, in Dabo's love shack are reserved for, you know, the the people on our, te- on our team. And, uh, you know, usually it's, it's one of the great tensions of Dabo's love shack. So you've got Darion Kendrick, who I love, by the way. I love him. He's got a tooth problem, but I love him. And then you got B.T. Potter, who I, I don't love him, okay? That's the nicest way I can put it, okay? He doesn't have an attitude problem. I just don't like him. But then, like I said, we usually reserve it for, for team members. But this this week, past couple of weeks, I should say, we've had somebody in the love shack who's, who isn't on the team. And that's very unusual. It's very rare. And I only save it for, like, the intense hatred that I have for someone over a couple of week period. I, I don't really hold grudges. And uh, the only people I hold grudges against are Jimbo Fisher, idiot, and then 
Colin Cowherd, that moron, that fraud. <laughs> you know how it is. So, and of course, that reporter who used the C word in front of me, he was in a love shack for a real long time. Actually, I don't think he came out. Whoop. I mean, you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the person that we had in this week was my not good friend, Mike Norvell, that coward. And uh, so, you know, we added him in there. He needed a little attitude adjustment. He hasn't been around the ACC that long. And so I really needed to show him who was boss around the ACC. So I, I invited him to the Love Shack, locked him down in there for a couple of weeks. That's why they didn't play last week. They said it was COVID-related, but really it was because their coach was in quarantine in my Love Shack. And uh, <laughs> so he's been begging me to play on December 12th really down on his knees begging us because he made a huge mistake and uh i said nah unless you want to pay us the three hundred thousand dollars out of your own paycheck so i eventually let him out he's a hopeless case and you know i don't really like to get close to to coaches at fsu anyways because you know i've been around for a dozen years and there's been like three or four in the past couple of years (laughs) you know what i'm saying so it's sort of like you know when your buddies and war and uh you don't want to get too you know, too good of friends with those guys because, you know, one of them may just end up gone. And that's the way I feel about not my, feel about Mike. Is, uh, he may just be gone at the end of the season, you know what I mean? So, anyways, yeah, that's that was our special guest in the Love Shack this week. Oh, uh, sounds like an interesting... What are you laughing about? What are you laughing about? Don't make me add you to the Love Shack. Okay? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were on good terms here. <laughs> oh my! Uh, I think. No, I'm just kidding with you. Okay, <laughs> I, I would never put put you into Dabo's Love Shack. Well, I might need to come visit it. Just that sounds like an interesting place. Nah, better not. <laughs> oh, well, I I'll uh, make sure to keep my distance. Then that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good idea. But listen, next week I'd love to do Carter's Coach's Corner, and uh, you know I should probably not tell the whole world about Dabo's Love Shack. Except for, nah, never mind. I, w- I won't tell you anymore. That's it. <laughs> All right. I had nothing to do with this. This was uh, Dabo's Love Shack, the new segment that has debuted right here. You heard it here first, and I guarantee this is the only place that you will hear it. <laughs> All right, Coach. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, it was uh, an interesting segment, to say the least, but it might have been my favorite of all time. So we're going to have to have you come back on to do that again. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Carter. All right. Talk to you later, okay? Keep that toot in check. You know what I mean? I'll make sure that. We'll have Trevor keep an eye on me, that's for sure. (laughs) Thanks, Coach. We'll talk to you next week. Well, my goodness. I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, Other than let's just move on (laughs) to our next segment of it. Get to our Tiger Kings and Carol Baskins. All right. Thanks for covering for me there, Carter. Uh, For some reason, I'm very regular around that time. So, uh, you know, I just had to step away for a few minutes. But uh, I hope Carter's coach's corner went well. Any uh, anything you want to tell me about it? Oh, my. It was a a very interesting segment, to say the least. It wasn't even Carter's coach's corner. Dabo just took the reins and just did whatever the heck he wanted. And he (laughs) definitely did whatever he wanted. It was fantastic. (laughs) Never laughed so much in my life. (laughs) 
I look forward to uh, listening to that uh, in the future. But, so, anyways, we'll uh, we'll move on from that, and uh, we will talk about our Tiger Kings and Carol Baskins of the week. We've got a few good ones this week, actually. That's it right. was a fun week. So let's uh, let's hop right into it. I'll I'll do the Tiger Kings this week, and you handle the Carol Baskins. Okay, let's do it. All right. So the first Tiger King we have this week is Sean McDonough from ESPN. Uh, he was one of the announcers in the game. And uh, two reasons specifically. Uh, that dude had the biggest daggone play sheet I have ever seen, <laughs> coaches included. <laughs> and so um, he came prepared. And I tell you what, he's kind of a funny dude. And uh, he really dry sense of humor, but said some really funny things on the broadcast. And my favorite thing was actually his annoyance with the length of the game. He had like a running clock. He was like, oh, and this half took two and a half hours, which is true. It was took so long. And uh, I think you can explain why it took so long in our next Carol Baskins. I think so. Uh, we're, our first Carol Baskins, we're going to hand out. We could probably hand this out every single week, but we try to take it easy. <laughs> but we're going to hand it out to the refs. Tell you what, these refs are so full of themselves sometimes. They just think just carrying a yellow flag in their pants, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> and they can hold people there on a holiday weekend that just want to come watch football, and they hold them there for hours on end. Who do these guys think they are? Like, take forever to use millions of flags I, I i don't even i'm just fed up with these dudes i mean there were so many reviews it was ridiculous and uh sheesh yeah they were bad and you're right we could probably say that about just about any game but yeah super annoying okay the next tiger king is actually a serious one and we want to give a shout out to the 2020 senior class who went 27 and oh at home throughout their career Okay, let's give them a quick round of applause. It's not so easy when we're virtually away from each other, but uh, <laughs> probably sound okay. really stupid. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, but anyways, twenty-seven and zero at home—that's pretty impressive. I mean, way to give the home fans uh, what they want every time. But listen, I'd go—I'd go as far as, as to say that this is the best Clemson class that's ever come through uh, Clemson, South Carolina. And to put on the orange and purple. And so, listen, they deserve a ton of credit. And uh, let's hope they can bring home the national championship before this season's over. What do you say? Uh, I think so. I think we're ready to become champions once again. All right. The the second Carol Baskins we've got, and he's been here before. And he seems to know this place well. He seems to be in and out of these types of things like Davos Love Shack. He just loves being in these types of positions. We got BT Potter, and you know what's you know what's gonna happen next, Trevor. Go for it. <laughs> this guy just, just never keeps, gets old. Just keeps giving us sound. Like <laughs> I think from here on out, we normally just play one. We're gonna have to just keep adding to it all his missed field goals, and just play multiple sounds of different missed field goals. <laughs> Well, he did. A, he, that's the doink that has the best sound, and he just airballed this one this week. But uh, he's weird, man. I mean, I listen. I like he's a great kicker. He he's a good kicker, but he's missed several. I, I just don't understand. He'll make one from forty six yards, and then he'll miss one from forty yards. So and uh, so this is what we're gonna do from here on out. Anytime BT Botter this comes about, 
with field goals, and then we'll play his doink sound, and then it'll just be a whoosh, which is just <laughs> wide right. <laughs> oh, what, what's the wide left sound? I'd love to hear that one. Uh, you gotta get the like whoosh. It's like it's the opposite. So there's oh, I whoosh, see. And there's okay. whoosh. All right. I didn't realize you were such an expert at <laughs> the wind, you know, yes. around the <laughs> the goalpost. All right. Very good. Okay. So the next, the last Tiger King that we have for you is James Skalski. Uh, we talked him, talked about him a little bit at the top of this episode, but man, it's so good to have the defensive leader back. And uh, he really anchored this defense that played really well on Saturday, gave up 16 rushing yards and uh, dominated against Pitt. Here's to hoping he sticks around and is healthy for the rest of the season. All right. And our last Carol Baskins, which really has nothing to do with Clemson at all, but we just love dumping on Ohio State so much. Uh, we're going to pass out to Ohio State just because they might not even have enough games to play to even make it to the Big Ten championship game, which you know what that <laughs> means. <laughs> so really we, we just use this podcast just uh just dump on ohio state because honestly we hate ohio state around here just because yeah who and who doesn't i mean the thing is is that they've been like begging for another chance to play clemson after their loss last year in the fiesta bowl and uh they may not get it because the big 10 is you know, really bumbled and fumbled their way into this season. They made so many mistakes along the way. And uh, now, because they had to cancel the game with Illinois, and there's a good chance... Yeah, oh yeah, because they were scared. Oh, FSU. We can can start using that now. (laughs) Trademark that. I guess, but in, in all reality, it was because of COVID, of course. And then there's a good chance that their game next week is could also be canceled because of COVID concerns, uh, which is against Michigan State. And because of that, there's it's uh, they have there's a minimum. Each team has to play a minimum of six games in order to be eligible for the uh, Big Ten championship. And if any of their they have two games left, and they have to play both of them to reach six games. And so. I mean, is that kind of Michigan the, State game? No, they have two games left on their schedule, and they've played four so far. So oh, they okay. have to play those two games to be eligible for the playoff. But there's a pretty significant chance that they won't play this Saturday uh, because of COVID issues. So, um, what do you think? Do they would they even have a chance to make it into the college football playoff if they didn't play? You know, if they didn't win the uh, Big Ten championship? Well, knowing. The committee, cultural committee, I would say yes. <laughs> but it also depends on who comes in. Like, I mean, what are they ranked fourth right now? Like, it just depends who else yeah. is behind them. I mean, I'd love, not that I'm, you're not, I'm not saying this, but I would love to see them not get six games, hoping that no one gets sick <laughs> or anything like that. You didn't hear me say that, but I also well, would like no, to see Clemson beat them up. So actually, I'm, I'm torn on this. But yeah, who yeah, we'll, we'll take it either way. We'll, we'll take it as it comes. But that's something to keep an eye on. Ohio State fans would go berserk if they weren't able to play in the Big Ten championship. And because of that, they were unable to <laughs> participate in the college football playoff, which would so be either the best, way, it'll be fun, which would be the best early Christmas present I could ever get. Absolutely. And uh, I'll even take a late Christmas present if that's what happens. So, (laughs) all right, we'll keep your eye on that for sure. All right. 
that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. I know it's, you know, it's been a tough couple of weeks to listen to podcasts with the holidays, but thank you for being here and sticking around for the whole episode. Be sure to join us uh, on Wednesday or Thursday, and then absolutely on Friday, we'll probably put out an episode in the middle of the week, hopefully talking with um, a Clemson expert about uh, this past weekend and the upcoming game against Virginia Tech. And then we will absolutely be back here on Friday to preview the final regular season game of this season. Hard to believe we've already gotten to this point against uh, Virginia Tech. So be sure to join us uh, throughout this week for some more Clemson coverage. Until then, be good out there. Good bamboo. Be all in on the best Clemson podcast around by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, it'd be cool if you left us a positive review. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Join our community of all-in Clemson Tiger fans. Just search for Clemson Podcast.